Good evening, everyone. It's Carl Cruz, and listening to a very special bonus episode of the um, of the podcast. It's February fourteenth, which means it's Valentine's Day for all you uh, lovers out there. Uh, I thought I'd update my uh, previous list that I did in um, twenty. I think it was 2016, I think, when I first started. With my previous list, um, for 2017, actually. And there were, you know, there's some films on there that I um, talked about. There's an earlier episode of the podcast you can probably listen to if you go on my SoundCloud. But um, I'm going to have six films for you that I'm going to talk about and recommend. Now, they're not going to be very conventional. They're not going to be your notebooks. They're not going to be your love actuallys. They're not going to be your... Um, you know, your, your 16 candles, your pretty and pink, all that stuff. Um, these are kind of, some of these films are actually kind of sad. <laughs> um, it's kind of, uh, uh, most of them are real. Um, most of them, well, I'd like to say that, um, two of them, um, two of my very very favorites, um, very real depiction of what a relationship really is. And, uh, that's what um, as, as a, um, as a person who is, you know, is the, uh, bit of the romantic type, I, um, I don't just believe that, you know, love is just this quick thing, like all these rom-coms, uh, you know, depict, I like to believe in the, uh, that love is a very, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, thing that needs to be worked on, it, it, it requires a lot of things, and it's, it's a thing, it, it evolves, and um, some of the, most of these films really uh, show you what uh, an artistic perspective of a relationship is. And um, I pull a lot of influence from these as well, from you know my piece, my uh, writing that I do, and everything. And then uh, some of these are like some of my, my favorite movies of all time are some of these movies um, that just happen to be about. Uh, love and relationships so I'm going to um, rattle off six now I did a little quick little Instagram post the uh, this morning I think it was this morning probably midday um, that had eight films so they had all of these films that I did talk about but I uh, if you want to hear me talk about them kind of a bit more in in depth um, I'll be doing that on this podcast so I won't get too far into it won't get about spoilers or anything I'll just let you know my thoughts of the movie and what Kind of to, what kind kind of what to expect if you want to go in there and if you if you if you find any of these recommendations and you want to catch one, um, kind of what you what you're going to um, expect of them. So I did do eight. I did include two more um, on my Instagram post, which were um, uh, fucking uh, what were they? They uh, they were the uh, were called me by a name and blue is the warmest color were um were on the um on the uh the Instagram post. Sorry I'm losing my train of thought here because it's actually quite hot back in the office and uh it's you know you know how this place gets you have probably heard numerous podcasts now where I've complained about the heat this place so <laughs> it's uh, it's very fucking hot here. I'm also wearing a black shirt so it doesn't really uh doesn't really help. I know not the colour to wear on Valentine's Day, isn't it? 
Uh, right, so I, so what I'm going to exclude off this list, but I wish I did put on my Instagram post that I really wish that you should check out anyway, is uh, Blue is Warmest Color um, and Call Me By Your Name. Um, but do check both of those films out. Both of them are great. Both of them are long. Blue is Warmest Color is about three hours long. Call Me By Your Name is about two hours and 15 minutes, so not too long. The Star is Born was about two hours and 15 minutes from last year. But... Um, and it's a recent one too, and I thought it was I think it was really really well really well uh, good. But um, let me just start off by talking about um, what, what should we start with? Here? Let's let's start off by talking about um, the classic, the uh, Before trilogy by Richard Linklater. Uh, this is, this consists of Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight, and uh, they they're about. Uh, Jesse and Celine, who meet each other on a train in, in Before Sunrise. Jesse has the uh, guts to go up to Celine on the train and talk to her, and they talk about, you know, a lot of different things, a lot of themes that I seem to be talking about, that I find myself really talking about to my friends on a daily basis. I mean, a lot of themes about um, philosophies of life, love, relationships, stuff like that. And uh, they have to depart at the end of Sunrise, and then in Sunset, they meet again nine years later in France. And um, and then in midnight, they um, are together, um, and they have two children. But they still have that; they're still going to have um, you know th those conversations. That there's there's a questioning about their marriage as well. But um, I'm not going to get into too much spoilers there. But that's pretty much what happens. Is it's a relationship that flowers over three films, and. Um, it's just so well done. Link Linklater loves doing these movies where you, you grow up with the actors. I mean, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy pretty much um, age over the films. They get older over the films. And then in, when in uh, Before Midnight, which came out in 2013, um, they're actually quite... I mean, they look like a married couple. I mean, they're very... They're quite old. I think they're in their early 40s, I think. So, um... And they start off by being in their mid-20s. In before sunrise, and we just follow these people. As um, I watched them, I recently watched this trilogy for the first time, and I have I had to put it on this list because I just loved it so much straight away. Um, I watched these movies first first time this week. Um, I watched before I watched before sunrise on Monday, before sunset on Tuesday, and before midnight last night. And um, collected my thoughts quickly this morning on before midnight and everything. And um, I just, I just love, I love the dialogue in these, this, these films. It feels so natural, and Delpy and um, Delpy and Hawk bounce, bounce off each other so much, and the chemistry is just insane between the two. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're really, really great friends of each other after these, um, after these films. They probably are, um, but it's like they were. It's like you're just watching two people fall in love over over three movies, and um, it's just so. There's so many good, great character moments between these two over these two films. One of my favorite moments is, is in Before Sunrise, where they're talking in a um, for Sunset, sorry, where they're talking in a French cafe, and um, they, she, she's just she's pulled out a cigarette, and then he starts smoking as well. And I don't know, just the way that kind of happens. There's this this kind of uh, scenes where they they go to touch each other then they don't and it it just it feels like two real real human beings it doesn't they don't feel like characters they feel like two human beings 
um, who uh, have a genuine connection. And uh, it's definitely one of the most, with Blue Valentine, one of the most realistic portrayals of a relationship and love. And what sacrifices that you need to, like, uh, you know, do for that relationship with that person, what you, um, you know, everything you both bring to the table, I guess, as a, as a person, because Celine and Jesse do have different philosophies to each other. Um, Jesse being a more, I'd say a more cynical approach and Celine being a bit more optimistic. And, uh, I think having those two together and then they went to the meet, it, you know, sometimes Celine changes Jesse's mind, sometimes Jesse changes Celine's point of view. And it just honestly feels like two people talking to each other that you see like in normal life. And if you have been people watching, this is what happens. People disagree with each other and then they normally do come to a, you know, they, they'll probably have a, they probably branch off every now and then, but they do eventually do come into an agreement um, about some things, but do stick to, um, I don't know. It's very rarely that you see people in, in um, especially around in your friend group that when you have a debate with someone or you have a dis um, discourse or discussion with someone that you just you eventually just go no no, no I, I don't agree with you at all I don't agree, I can't I can't I can't I gotta walk away it's normally because you do you want to remain friends with that person you do come to a compromise on certain things but you also want to remain um, loyal to your values and um, I just these characters just felt so real to me uh, Jesse and Celine and uh, a wonderful moment at the end of um Sunset, which is just great. Um, it's just it's be they're beautiful. They're just beautiful, beautiful films. And um, I will say that uh, they're not they're not slow. Um, I think Sun Sunrise is about an hour and four. I think an hour and f maybe an hour and forty. I think. And then you've got Sunset is only an hour and twenty. And then you have Sunrise. I mean. Um, Midnight is about hour and fifty, so a bit longer. And um, I just th I think they're appropriate lengths. And it's great that the second one is very quite short because then you can just you can really cruise for these films and just watch them really in a night, the trilogy in a night, and um, or an afternoon slash night. And I uh, really loved them. But I will just be aware that if you're not a fan of dialogue, you're not going to like this film. Um, much much of this film, much of the these three movies is just people talking to each other. It's literally just that. Um, there's very little plot going on. There's um, there's no objectives for these characters to get. I mean, if you want to talk about objectives, maybe it's for the other person to you know agree on what they're saying, or um, Jesse wants Celine to fall for um, him, or Celine wants Jesse to fall for her, leave his wife, all that stuff. And you want to talk about personal objectives and stuff like that, that could be it. But like in terms of actual plot, deep plot, uh, there's, there's not much. It's just two people talking about uh, issues um, and just for life philosophy. And it's that literally that for the whole runtime. There's very long takes of them walking down streets. Um, there's there You'll get static shots of them sitting down sometimes, but it's usually... You'll usually get, in a before film, you'll get a long take from the front of them two walking and just talking. And that's all you're, that's it, you're, you're going to get. But the, the dialogue is just so real and feels so real that you just, you're just, um, you're glued to the screen and you want to hear more. 
because it just feels it sounds and feels like a real conversation. So um, I do I do recommend the year before Philly for you there. It's it, they're a great set of films, and I'm so glad I watched them th this week. And I um, it's definitely going to be on my list for now on. Moving on to another thing that is kind of the same, and um, I, I talked about this one in my um, last Valentine's Day piece, but I'll just stay inside the real category for a bit. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, Blue Valentine, is uh, my second pick. And uh, this is directed by Dan Saint-France, Derek Saint-France, written by him as well, starring Ryan Gosling, Michelle Williams, and... Um, it's a another realistic look at a relationship, but also a deterioration of a marriage, kind of a breaking down of a marriage. Really, it's it's kind of sad. I will say that it's a bit more bit more cynical um, than the Before trilogy. It has a bit more um, down. Uh, I guess uh, I'll say even more brutal. Um, more uh, a more of a brutal reality, I'll say it to it, because it's pretty much you're watching a marriage break down over this film. Um, you're watching how the relationship blossoms and begins, and then you're watching them years, years, years later on, and their marriage is falling apart. Um, but I'll say the beginning of the film, first half of the movie, where they're falling in love with each other, it's great, the dialogue feels real as well, the conversations feel real, they've got great scenes, it's shot really nice, has a nice grainy feel to it. Gosling is great, one of his best performances. Michelle Williams is great. Them two together are great on screen. It's just like Julia Dolby and Ethan Hawke to me. And um, probably not the best film to watch with your partner because um, it'll be very, it's very sad <laughs> what happens at the end. But um, it's nothing, it's, it's not what you think it is, but I'll just say it's not happy, I'll say that. Um, but it, it just what I loved about it is the emotion f is real. The, it feels real. You're watching real people talk. You're watching real people have a just live out a relate a long a long relationship, wherever that be. I mean, they've they've each got their they've both got their their um their uh you know, their strengths they bring to the table. They've both got their flaws that bring them down and bring their partner down. And uh, I just think it's written and directed so, so well. And uh, again, like, you, you definitely feel the chemistry because, uh, true story, Sam France got them to live in a house together for, I think, a month, I think. And uh, they went out and bought groceries together and they lived together. They slept in the same bed, I believe. And... Uh, and that's sometimes that does work, and that sometimes that really strengthens the character of um, of both uh, Dean and Cindy. And uh, another film that I really think you should check out, um, probably not the best one to watch uh, with your partner on um, on Valentine's Day, but if uh, if you want to watch, if you want to watch, you know, the gooey rom-coms and everything be my guest have fun have at it but um if you want to understand and if you want to like really um analyze what makes a relationship i think these two films especially be valentine is a great study of it and um yeah it's definitely made me think about 
what my current relationships with people and everything and not even just my romantic ones even platonic ones as well you know that you know we're all human and uh we have we have different opinions different ideas what we you know we we do what's best to sit down you know to uh have have that relationship have that bond and um just a great just a great film i'll just say just a great film both of them two great recommendations blue Valentine is a strong one from me um moving on from real real shit <laughs> to um to something a bit more light-hearted um now it's again doesn't have kind of has an ambiguous ending but um Bit more lighthearted is one of my also one of my favorite movies is from A twenty four as well, The Spectacular Now. Um, with uh, Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, uh, you've got Cole Chandler there too, as his father. Uh, it's about Sutter Keeley, who is um, he's kind of like this uh, you know everyone's favorite popular dude. He goes through a breakup with his girlfriend. He's having a poor handling appalling, I'd say handling it poorly. Um, he's just this very arrogant dude who looks at life as kind of this free ride, pretty much. Takes everything for granted. And just thinks he cruises on through, pretty much. And then you've got the opposite of that, Amy Finnecke, who is has a very controlling mother, has a very controlling sist um, friend, I'd say. Very controlling best friend. Bit of a control freak. And... Um, she isn't allowed to pretty much live out her greatest um, fantasies, her dream, follow her dream. And Sutter comes along and pretty much uh, helps her do that. But at the same time, they fall in love with each other, have a relationship. And uh, it's not all, but it's not all, uh, you know, rainbows and roses. Is that even a saying? I don't know. But uh, it's the saying now. It's not all rainbows and roses. Uh, this isn't a great one if you want to look at like young love, really, um, how it starts because it's 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 pretty much the relationship over. It takes place over the course of the film, um, uh, looking at like kind of like virginity as well. Uh, there's a, a really nice prom sequence. Um, it's really really beautiful. Uh, Sutter has a lot of problems that he pretty much projects onto Amy as well. And then Amy has her, um, you know, she kind of, she kind of, I think he kind of has more than her. Well, when I analyze it closely, he has definitely has more problems than, problems than her. But she is, you know, always there for him. She's such a genuinely a nice person and is there for him. And um, it ends on an ambiguous note, but uh, I've got my own kind of interpretation of the ending. Um, but I'm not going to say it because... Uh, it kind of ruined. It would ruin any point. I don't want to do that. But um, it's it's it was one of A twenty four's early hits for me anyway. Um, it was, you know, it, it's uh, not everyone likes it. Everyone thinks it's pretty, you know, easy going as well. It's quite short. It's only an hour and hour and a half, um, which is again perfect, I think, for a film like this anyway on this scale. And um, great performance from Miles Teller. Great performance from Shailene Woodley. This was the first time I saw Shailene Woodley as well. And um, Kyle Chandler, the first time, I think this is the first time I actually saw Kyle Chandler as well. So he was really good, and he's one of my favorites now. And um, yeah, another uh, another really uh, cool film, written and directed by uh, James Ponsold as well. I think it's written, is it written by him as well? But it's, re it's directed by James Ponsold, who went on to make the 
awful circle. Uh, but if you want to watch something that's get it, um, that's good and not the circle, uh, his his um, film Spectacular Now, produced by the always wonderful A24, is um, available to you now. Another recommendation from yours truly. Going from young love now to love on a different kind of scale. Love with not human, but love with AI. I'm talking about 2013 Spike Jones film, Her. Uh, that is my number four pick for today. Um, where do I start with her? Um, <laughs> a, another great look at, at a modern relationship. Um, definitely a modern relationship. Because um, we're coming into a time where we are questioning relationships we can have with AI and, and technology. And I've had a lot of conversations with um, some friends of mine about could a, could a, could a human love AI or hu can could AI have human emotion and feelings? And um, it definitely brings up conversations like that, encourages that kind of discourse. And even after watching this movie, I loved it back when I watched it in 2013, but then I watch it every now and then um, because it just sparks those conversations again. And we always have new information because technology advances every almost every year. So, I mean, I want to say it doesn't advance every year. Um, we're you're moving towards. We are definitely are moving towards the future. I mean, Japan's building robots that can you know can suck your dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's not nothing about love or relationships or anything. But I'm just trying to say that we're coming. To, we're coming nearer to a future where a possibility having a relationship with an AI could happen or could be a possibility. Um, but I know that people, um, the person, the fan was listening who, who had that conversation with about that kind of stuff, and we did, you know, we landed on a few. We got pretty deep about it, and we uh, landed on some points that like it definitely needs more to have to have a, to, to have. For an AI to have human emotion, sorry about this. For an AI to have human emotion, it would have to have a human brain. Um, but then you've got films like this that kind of show that it could be possible. Um, you definitely had that game from uh, last year, Detroit Become Human, I think it was. That um, for, on the on the PlayStation Four is uh, David Cage who did the uh, Heavy Rain and the Beyond Two Souls. That was another film that kind of looked at that. Um, theme and um, that idea um, but I think her is just like you, you first of all you've got a great performance from Joaquin Phoenix you've got Amy Adams the lovely lovely Amy Adams is in it as well uh, you got Rooney Mara as well you have Chris Pratt yeah Chris Pratt's in this movie I, I people whenever I watch this I was like oh yeah Chris Pratt's in this <laughs> what the fuck um, but the, the, you also got Scarlett Johansson as the voice of Samantha, I mean, that's the big one, really. And the relationship that, uh, Theodore, who Walking the Phoenix plays in the film, the relationship that he builds with Samantha, who is just an AI, this operating system, is honestly one of 
another honest portrayal of love that I've seen in film, and that's not even between two humans. So, um, you know, that proved to be a very... Um, it was definitely more of an uplifting film, a great, a great ending, beautiful shots. It's shot so nicely. And um, definitely another recommendation. I mean, you guys have probably seen it, but um, it's another recommendation for me on Valentine's Day. Love doesn't have to be between two humans. And uh, with my... Uh, uh, with my um, eighth, my seventh and eighth pick on Instagram, you know I don't always choose love that has to be between male and female. I always, you, love can be gay with uh, calling by a name and lesbian with blue is the warmest color, and French as well. Blue is the warmest color was entirely in French, three-hour film in French. Um, but again, I have to say it's one of my favorite romance films. And as is calling you by your name. I'm going to buy that fucking house one day. <laughs> I'm going to buy that house. That's one of my dreams of mine. Is to buy that house and call you by your name in um, in Italy. Alright. So going from AI to... To uh, video games. Video games. Talking about the power of love. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Is my... Uh, fifth pick for today. It's written and directed by Edgar Wright, who gave you guys uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, Baby Driver, and in 2010, he delivered a adaptation of the graphic novels of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He delivered a Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, his interpretation of it. Um, this film is dripping with style. If you love video games, if you love any type of pop culture, it's just riddled with it. Absolutely fucking riddled with it. And um, Michael Cera, he plays Scott Pilgrim, who finds a girl named Ramona Flowers and finds out that he has to uh, defeat his um, evil, uh, her, her, sorry, her seven evil exes. And um, he kind of face, um, faces them off in kind of like street fighter battles. And uh, each, of them, each of them have their own power and abilities that they use against him. He uses, or he uses against them, really, sometimes as well. Uh, one of my favorite battles is, um, I, I always love the, Mephipet the the first one with Matthew Patel is a good one. But uh, one of my favorite scenes in the film is the Clash of Demonhead film when he, when he takes on um, Todd Ingram, who is played by um, Brandon Ralph. Uh, that's one of my favorite fights. I also love the fight between Ramona and Roxy. And then he's got to use Scott because Scott actually has to beat him. I mean, you've got Chris Evans in this movie playing... Um, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? He's the Skateboarder. Oh, my, my first slip-up. I thought I was doing well. My first slip-up. Oh, who's he play? He plays... Um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Uh, he's the uh, the actor in the skateboard. What the fuck is? He? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm I'm gonna say, David. Is it a D? No. There's so many. Why is it in? Why is he not appearing in like the main cast? He's one of the fucking several lives. Seven Evil Lexus. Lucas, that's it. There's a bit, that's it. So he has, I mean, his battle was, was really, um, is great as well. Um, a grinding challenge, and then he has like a stunt double. He has a lot of stunt doubles as well. 
Um, and then of course when you've got the um, the Clash of Dima head scene, you've got the beautiful and gorgeous, as always, Brie Larson performing a version of Black Sheep by Metric. Um, she's playing Envy Adams, one of my favourite characters she's ever played, Envy Adams. Um, I love this film, it's one of my favourite films of all time. It's so fun. It's it's quite a, it's an hour and fifteen, almost two hours, but it doesn't feel like that because it's so fast and um, kinetic, and the transitions are so fucking awesome. And the editing, and if you want to see the editing on display again, like Baby Driver, definitely Scott Pilgrim is where he where he first started, um, or was flourishing, I'd say. And uh, the transitions, man, it's one of the best transitions I've seen. There's so many sight gags, there's so many um, tongue-in-cheek jokes, and the music is. So awesome. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, one of my favourite characters of hers, Ramona Flowers. She's absolutely incredible in this movie. And um, I'm going to say Michael Sarah's as well. He's great. Um, you got, you got Anna Kendrick as his sister. you got Aubrey Plaza as Julie, his friend. Who's uh, not really his friend, I'd say. But a uh, bit, bit of a potty mouth in the film. But... Um, yeah, it's just a, Jason Schwartzman is one of the seven evil exes. He's great as well. Um, it's a just a really really fun time. And if you love video games, pop culture, all that all that stuff, I mean, this is the movie for you. And if you have a partner who loves that shit as well, I mean, guys, just you may as well just fucking snuggle up tonight and chuck on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's a lot of fucking fun. All right. My final pick for you guys is something a little bit more easier, a bit more of it, kind of in the more of the rom com uh, genre. And uh, it's also one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, what if? It's uh, directed by Michael Dowell. It used to be called the. Actually, was working title was the F word because it's about two friends that fall in love with each other. Um, it's got Manuel Radcliffe in it, Zoe Kazan, Adam Driver in one of his early roles, and Mackenzie Davis in one of her early roles. Um, it's about Wallace who gets dumped by his girlfriend Megan, and uh, he meets uh, his roommate Alan's cousin Chantry and uh, she's got a boyfriend Ben who's played again by Ralph Spell. Ralph Spell loves playing bad dudes. He loves it. Um, and uh, you know there's he obviously has feelings for her. She kind of has feelings for him but also wants to stay faithful to her boyfriend and I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, it's a lovely film. Great, um, great scenes between these two. Chemistry between Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan is beautiful. I always watch love, Zoe, love watching Zoe Kazan anyway. I mean, when I saw in, um, another film as well, which I'll chuck in a little bonus, one is The Big Sick, um, about um, Emily... Emily, uh, fucking Emily Lee Gordon, relationship with um, Kamal Najani, uh, their whole relationship. Uh, that's another good film that Zoe Kazan's in, and uh, I first noticed her really in uh, in this movie, and um, it's just a it's just a it's another quick one, um, but it's all it's just a really 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 great film. There's there's so many things that connections that Wallace and Chantry share um, with each other, and um, you know there, there's some there's some uh, sad moments as well um, between them it, and uh, it's just two people that you know know that they're right for each other and uh, there's just so many obstacles in the way that 
could prevent them from having that relationship and flourishing like that. And um, it's just, I think it's just, a, it's just a beautiful film. It's a very under, it's just a very underrated rom-com that uh, I don't think that many people have really seen um, or even like take, took notice of. You want to give me the notebooks, you want to give me the, the love actuallys, you want to give me all that stuff. Um, I give you What If. It's a it's a great underrated rom-com with two very talented actors and a really great story as well. And that's all I'm going to leave with, guys. I'm going to knock it off here half an hour in. Um, have a, have a, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I'm off to see Happy Death Day to you tonight. At uh, I've got a nice, got a nice nine thirty sesh, clocked in, and uh, I'll definitely give my thoughts on that uh, next week. But next week also as well. Before I really get into that as well, I'm going to do my final Oscar predictions podcast next week. So next week's not going to be anything. Going to be a normal episode, but it's definitely going to be focusing mainly on the Oscars. Yes, I'm still going to watch them. Isn't that fucked? Um, I'm still going to watch them after all of the anger and frustration I had with it yesterday. I'm still going to watch this fucking damn show. Um, because I do care about the films that are nominated except Black Panther. But I do care about most of these films that have been nominated. And, and um, one, you know, it's we're, we're celebrating a year of cinema. And um, unfortunately, ABC sees it as a opportunity. I mean, I'm a award shows. The cynical side of me knows that these are all award shows are just a lot of PR and everything for the, for the platforms and everything and um, to make money and to be to get ratings but it's always been the the, uh, the kind of more the mystic side of me has always seen this kind of thing as, as being a celebration of the year in cinema what has um, and uh, what has been some of the best films from last year so I'm still going to take place in it I'm still running the Oscars pool with my friends um, and I'll be talking about my latest predictions. I won't be doing any like swap, swapping out or anything. This will be the full-on predictions. What I think will be getting it. We'll be getting the awards. I will lock my lock my choices in next week on on next week's podcast. And um, after that is the Oscars. So I'll be doing a post-Oscars podcast as well um, that I've I'm gonna got planned as well. And I'll probably have to do the best of February watch as well. So that'll be coming up. A lot of different stuff coming up actually. Um, not, not really different, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff actually planned. Um, so I'll be doing all that, and in the midst of that, writing, still writing my fucking screenplay, and the comedy uh, mockumentary series I'm writing as well, and sorting out things for that. So a lot coming your way, podcast-wise. Uh, next week will be the Oscars. Week after that, Oscars again. So if you love the award shows um, kind of um, chatter, and you like you love that, you love this kind of season. Um, tune into those. Hell, you're probably even the people that I'm making bets with. So, yeah, definitely tune into that. I'll be talking about that next week. Check out all of these six films. You want to go on my Instagram? You can check out all eight films I've put on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, some really, I know they're quite unconventional picks, but it's a mix of personal taste and what I think really catches the essence of love and the power of it. Um, just, just my cup of tea. Um, but uh, you might find some enjoyment in those as well. So um, hope you do. And yeah, again, enjoy the rest of your night, and I will see you guys in the next one. Oscars time, baby.